Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yes, it's true. We are back. We're here. And uh, we have convened the Franklin contingent of the uh, <laughs> of the Samson gang uh, here in the uh, clubhouse. What do we call this thing? We call it the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Newton Dominey. Hello. And Mark Whitlock. Greetings. Yeah. And uh, time for another conversation, a real conversation, a no-bullshit conversation about uh, living as a Christian person in the real world. Yeah. So, uh, maybe a little check-in on the front end. How we doing, guys, uh, emotionally? Uh, I, I, am, I am stressed but managing. Okay. Life life is busy. Um, turns out I can't just laugh at a seventeen month old all the time and let him do whatever he wants. It does involve some chasing. Oh, so, yeah. um, so you know, learning to balance all that balance. Um, me as a husband, me as a dad, me as a business owner, me as me, mm-hmm. and integrating all of that into yeah. me. That's a new adjustment. Um, so managing that, you know talking to my Silas about that. Um, yeah, but it's, it's stress, but growth, for me, growth doesn't come easy. So, right. yeah. 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 Mark? Well, I'm battling my old friend, friend, that's the wrong word, my old nemesis of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, blending families is really, really hard. Yeah, and uh, it stirs up a lot of of history and a lot of past and uh, a lot of present and a lot of challenges. And so um, I'm afraid. I'm mostly afraid of slipping into my worst pattern, which is okay. Well, if what I'm doing isn't working, then um, what I did for so many years, which didn't work either, was to find the right costume and mask and the right persona to pretend to be, mm-hmm. so that everybody will be happy and content and like me and. There will be so much less conflict. Of course, mm-hmm. you know I haven't done it yet. I haven't broken out the the fabric and the armor to craft a new um, a new costume and codpiece yet. But um, <laughs> I'm tempted to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm battling that and trying to wrestle with that. Uh, and I've conscripted a new Silas, so to speak. Uh, the the main Silas I've had for uh, for most of my journey. Um, we are still connecting on a regular basis around around certain things but um i have <laughs> whether he likes it or not i've conscripted a new one who uh, knows the battle i face yeah in the uh, the blended family world and uh, enjoy checking in with him and uh hearing his wisdom uh from time to time but more than just that you know i'm not seeking the wisdom i'm just seeking the commiseration of a silas and the fellow journeyman on the path and uh, and that's been good but um there are days the fear is palpable yeah and uh I also feel like I need a new toolbox. Hmm. Um, you know, the tools that I've had for the last three plus years, mm-hmm. are, are they effective? Are they the ones I'm supposed to have? Do I need to get new tools? Mm-hmm. And if I need to get new tools, where in the world do I get them? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's where I am. What about you? Well, yeah, I would say I am... Um, I'm tired and battling resentment. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it seems like I'm taking care of a lot of things. I'm taking care of a, 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 a business that grew bigger than I wanted it to grow, faster than I wanted it to grow. And so I carry the responsibility of the business. Uh, and then I'm caring for my wife. She's got some health battles. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do it. Uh, I've canceled uh, out-of-town trips and turned down speaking engagements in order to stay home with Allie and take her to appointments and things. And I find that there are limits to my um, love and willingness to sacrifice. Hmm. And I experience a little compassion fatigue from time to time. Yeah. And um, Allie is just, you know, she is so wonderful and sensitive and I try not to show to her when I get tired because that I mean that just makes her feel real bad. It's a good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. She does not listen <laughs> to the podcast, which is why I feel I feel free to say this. Yeah. Um but uh 
yeah, this is one of those uh, put your head down and grind it out se- seasons of life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, plowing ground that I've neglected. So it's a good thing, but it's not the most uh, fun season right now. Yeah. That's where I am. Hmm. Uh, and listener, I do hope that you have somebody today that you're able just to uh, verbalize your feelings to. Somebody who's not going to be uh, personally offended or knocked out of balance by what you have to say. Somebody who can hear it objectively and dispassionately. Uh, but somebody who can help you get out of your own head and uh, bring into consciousness those emotions that are going to be a major driver in your uh, actions throughout the day. The more you can be conscious of them, the less likely it's going to be that you're going to do some irrational thing for a non-rational reason without understanding what's going on. Yeah. Someone that can see that you're tipping your pitch. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm grateful. I, I doubled up today. I had, I, I had two one-hour sessions with two different guys, huh. and uh, I and we played a little catch. I mean, I heard theirs and they heard mine. Yeah, uh, it wasn't just a one. I didn't go for therapy, and neither did they. We were friends, right? And uh, those two conversations this morning gave me a double chance to gain my balance, and uh, and then not come home and stew in resentment or self-pity and poison my day or burden my wife with my crap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that light note, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, maybe you can fire up some, some m- music to change the mood here, Mark. We'll be back in a moment here on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
Okay. So. Well, this is one of those weeks when we do not have a guest. We're just going to um, we're just going to talk. We're going to talk. We are. Um, <laughs> so, in twelve-step meetings, often if there is a uh, a meeting where no topic is offered at the beginning of the meeting, yeah, they'll just say, "Well, it's a top plate day." Top plate. So, uh, what's kind of a top plate issue, and then we'll go from there. I kind of love top plate meetings. Anybody have a top yeah. plate? We're gonna buy a third microphone. Well, we've got a third mic. We just we don't have the uh, the mixer. The mixer's on the fritz. So, so I have a top plate for All us right. here. Uh, at a recent meeting, mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, two gentlemen uh, who uh, both brought up the same issue, and that is that they feel like um, they are a little stalled. And as we began to talk with them about their journeys in love, it came out, you know, by their own admission, by their own confession that, you know what, I'm not really working the program. At the mm-hmm. beginning of all the meetings, I, I hear the path and, you know what, I've, I've done a good job of, well, no, I haven't really done a good job. I'm coming infrequently, but I do come to the meetings mm-hmm. and I do have a Silas that, well, when was the last time you called? Well, um, three months ago. Yeah. I haven't really been checking in. And so um, we reread the path. Yeah. And everybody's head started going up and down and nodding, and mm-hmm. eyes started, unfortunately, going from each other to the floor. Yeah. And the discussion ended up um, talking about how in the world do we continue down? Because this man, we read this, we love these words, we we want to live this type of life. Yeah. But how do we how do we do that? Yeah. And beyond picking up the whatever weight you want to give to it, the 300, the 500 pound phone and, and checking in with one's Silas. What, what do you do beyond that? How, what does it look like? And everybody kind of nods their head when talking about, you know, the daily disciplines of prayer and, and, and scripture, uh, and then self-examination. Yeah. But then beyond that, what does that look like? And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've touched on amends in the past, but how, how does one get beyond the first couple steps of the path? Yeah, and using a track analogy, how do they go around that first turn and hit the back straightaway and really start picking picking up some momentum? Yeah, that would be my top plate for the day. All right. Well, I I love that. Um, I love that subject. You know, my impression, based on my own journey, you know, I I'm kind of a recovery retard. It took me three and a half years to get sober because I. Uh, tried to do uh, recovery the way I'd always done life, which was by self-propulsion, <laughs> uh, by pretty much being my own Silas, by keeping my cards close to my chest, by studying everybody else closely, uh, learning the language, parroting the words. I wanted to be free of the presenting behavior that brought me into the rooms, uh, but I didn't want to have to change anything else. I was quite convinced that the behavior was the problem. And if I could just prune that, nothing else really needed to change. What I didn't understand is that um, that behavior, and God's given me enough rope to hang myself with that behavior, was his grace. That was the one thing that had enough leverage to get me into the room. But it is not the problem. And that God's designs for my recovery and healing go far, far deeper, uh, that there is, that that, my sexual behavior, and different things bring us into the room. So I'll be in the room, and what brings me into the room is my out-of-control sexual behavior. Next to me is a guy who's out-of-control eating behavior, and next to him, a guy who's uh, bouts of uncontrollable rage, uh, you know, uh, who, whatever they are. And, uh, and then the guy whose compulsive religiosity has led him into a desert. We get into the room for different reasons. But underneath this superstructure of this behavior, whatever's above the sand, what we can see, the foundation of our insanity is what God, I believe, intends to excavate and change. But he needs our willingness and our cooperation in order to do it. And here's the thing. That work cannot be done alone. 
It no. cannot be done alone. I do not have the capacity to deconstruct my own life. I don't have the point of view that makes it possible. I cannot be objective. I can't have any... Because uh, everything that comes out of my head seems rational to me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I made the classic mistake for years of coming to meetings. And uh, for a long time, I didn't say anything. And the first step is to start to talk. And the second step is to start to actually tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third step is to start to tell the truth about things you don't want to tell the truth about. Right. Uh, and then getting a good uh, Silas who can listen with a fork at ear mm-hmm. uh, and who can start to call you on your bullshit. And I avoided those guys like the plague early on. I wanted yeah. to get some, you know. A friendly Silas. A friendly Silas. <laughs> a guy I could spin. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I'm have. i still not a good Silas because I'm, I still have got an awful lot of conflict avoidant wiring that has not yet come out. And that's a part of my, uh, you know, sickness. That 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 conflict avoidant part of me is what helped to drive some of my acting out. Right. So if I'd get upset with Allie rather than face what I'm upset with, I would get back at her in ways she didn't know. Right. Right. Rather than address the conflict, I'd go passive aggressive and sometimes very indirectly. Yeah. But I do find that as I as I go on a little bit longer, I am. Somewhat of a better Silas. I, I'm getting cranky and um, a little bit abrasive. And actually, biblically, abrasive is a pretty good term because uh, what is fellowship supposed to do? As iron sharpens iron, there is no, that's an abrasive process. Yeah. And if and if we are not being somewhat abrasive with each other, we're not sharpening each other. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, Samson, the guys in Samson, the guys in New Adam, they are my friends. Mm -hmm. I don't wish I had to go, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't wish, I mean, I look forward to Monday nights, but Mm. I don't, it's, I, I wish that it was different. I'm glad I have a community, but I wish that I hadn't been driven to that out of, out of need, uh-huh. you know? And so for me, I don't want to call my Silas. Yeah. I'm way more comfortable hiding. Yes. Than I am being known. Yes. I'm way more comfortable saying, oh no, like I can, I can sign off on my own crap. You know, nobody can do that better than I can. Mm-hmm. Nobody can sign off on my bullshit better than I can sign off <laughs> on my bullshit. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, nobody can shame me like I can shame me. Oh, preach it. And if I don't call my Silas for me, and I like shame is my shame is my love language. You know, like I am, <laughs> I am, I, I'm, I'm comfortable there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it it's this it, it's a nasty circle for me where I'll give myself a pass on something. And then I'll shame myself for giving myself a pass on something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Like I can shame myself about grace, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I'm good at it. Yeah. I have to call my Silas to get a different voice in my head. Yeah. I've got a bunch of voices in my head. Most of them, for me, most of them are negative. Yeah. Um, you know, as as my friend Paul likes to say, I can should myself. Like nobody's business. Yeah, right. Um, I should my pants on a daily basis. <laughs> um, my Silas breaks that feedback loop. Yeah, you know he gives me. It, maybe I. Maybe it's. I need to. I do need to feel bad about that. Not shame, but I need to feel guilt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's. You know, like I see this pattern, that when this happens, this is your tendency. Right. I. I tip my pitch, the, a baseball analogy. Mm-hmm. You know that when I when I get stressed, I want to hide. Yeah, I want or I want to run away or I whatever. Uh, it's not always porn. Yeah, you know, 
the more I the more I put barriers up around porn, the more I go to food. Yeah. The more I go to food, the more I go to the more I block food, the more I go to alcohol. Yeah. It's it's those are symptoms. Yeah. You know, I have to hand somebody a scalpel. Um and the only way I can do that is to And the scary thing is them. you hand it to another idiot and right. and trust <laughs> right. and trust God, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And and it you know, I'm he's bound to if we're doing our jobs right, if and you know, if my Silas is doing his job right, if I as a Silas mm -hmm. <laughs> am doing my job right, we're bound to butt heads. Mm -hmm. You know, he's bound to piss me off because he should be asking me a question that I don't want to answer. Right. A question that offends me, an observation that really cuts to who I am. Mm -hmm. But if I don't let him in, I'm just gonna. It's just. I'm just gonna sit here and have festering wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. I've got to. I've got to put flashlights. I've got to put lights into the scary places. Yeah. I have to. I have to let that guy in. Yeah. Um. And I can't. I'm. I'm not who I am. One hour a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm. I'm not the guy that shows up to a meeting. <clears throat> I'm not just that person during that hour of the week. I, I live with that guy every day. Even when I'm asleep, I'm living with that guy. Yeah. So it I'll get a little bit angry. Like like what what the hell makes me believe that I can not deal with that guy the other however many hours a week there are. You know? I gotta deal with that guy all the time. I gotta call my Silas. You know, I gotta talk to him. Yeah. Because I'm me 24-7, and I can't, I can't manage me in one hour a week. Um, <laughs> so I don't know that one Silas can manage me <laughs> one, you know, one, one, one phone call a day sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about self-talk. You know, my, yeah. I'm a champion self-talker like you. And uh, so I called the only person I could think of who could help me the other day. And he said he couldn't help me. He's sitting right here in the room. <laughs> yeah. Called Nate and said, what do you do? What are some techniques when you get into self-talk? And um, so it was a good conversation to yeah. uh, to hear you commiserate with me. Yeah. And uh, then to say, you know, you got to hear another person's voice. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. You, you've got Texting to hear. Texting isn't talking. Yeah. <laughs> Texting isn't talking. That's true. Fish are friends, not food. <laughs> Dad of a toddler, I know what that is. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I, I text too much too. I, I'm, I'm right there with you, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I do that. But uh, you do need to hear somebody else do that. And, and um, I would say that that uh, I, I don't call my own Silas's bullshit enough, mm -hmm. and um, I don't invite him to call mine enough. Yeah. But uh, I do need to hear other voices. Uh, you're, you're exactly right, and I think that can be something helpful to to take steps take steps down the path. Yeah, and uh, it just it helped me to hear your voice the other day and get out of my shooting. Yeah, as well. Yeah, you know I'm listening to a great book right now, an audio book. This is a guy we ought to see if we can get him on the podcast. Uh, it's not explicitly a Christian book, although the guy certainly is familiar with uh, Christian principles uh, and uh, and the Bible. Uh, but he also has a, a wide range of other uh, sources that he draws from. A book is called Ego is the Enemy. Hmm. The author is Ryan Holiday. And uh, what, he, what he says, essentially, he's a guy who had a lot of success early on. And, uh, and he said that really egotism is as great an enemy to success as anything else. And um, one of the great points he makes is that the great champions uh, are always working to improve, and they every great champion has a coach. And um, he says, you'll never improve if you already think you're the greatest. Huh. Uh, <laughs> you'll never learn anything if you already think you know everything. Yeah. And so humility is absolutely essential. 
But he says, and I think he's right, I know it's true of me, that there is always this voice in the back of your head that, that, that it's, a, it, it, it's a sick voice. It's the voice of pride that says, you, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. You've done a good job. You're, you're really on top of it, and you don't need, uh, you certainly are better than the folks around you, and you don't need to ask for help. And that is a just a deadly voice that needs to be shut down. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, to the, you know, the folks that you're talking about and, and that conversation that you guys had on Saturday, I mean, I want to make sure that, because I don't think that, I don't think that is a unique experience for those two guys mm-hmm. or for that group of men. No. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I want, I want to make sure that, that if the folks that are listening to this are hearing all of us say, we don't really want to call people. Right. We have to call people. Right. 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 It's it. I mean, it's a choice. I have to pick up my phone. Right. Um, but don't don't hear us if if we're kind of boxing your ears a little bit. It's because we've had somebody box hours. Yes. You know, it's just it it doesn't work. Yeah. One hour a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's just not how it works. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to help me with that. And I have to put that pride down. Yes. And say, okay, this is who I am. Yeah. And this is what I want to do. Yeah. And do you still love me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And have somebody say, yeah, you are still, for me, you are still a lovable person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's that's who I am. Yeah. You yeah. know. So. You know, and even beyond the daily phone call, I think that the other thing that, almost all of us I th- drag our feet on I certainly did is is the structured work yeah what in the path we talk about the the course and consequences work or what in 12 step recovery we'll talk about the fearless moral inventory uh, going into the back room and actually taking a full inventory of assets and liabilities uh, looking at liabilities without letting shame be in charge of inventory hmm. Uh, and looking at liabilities without allowing pride to be in charge of inventory, um, and then allowing somebody else to go over inventory with us to give us an uh, objective evaluation of exactly where we stand. Um, you know that can be ter- just the terrifying prospect yeah. to look at my character defects. What is my systemic insanity? Hmm. Uh, what is the sin that I have so baptized uh, that I've actually come to believe it's a virtue? Um, you know, that's that's structured work, and it, it won't be done unless it gets on the calendar and unless there is a structure that we have agreed to, that we allow other people on, uh, in on, yeah. uh, to help us through. Otherwise, it'll go all vague and amorphous, and we'll give it a pass and tell ourselves that we've done the inventory when all we did was open the door, look inside, turn the light on, turn it out quick, and say, well, you know. I remember my first, one of my first Silas's thought that I was, as I was describing my course and consequences, I would type it Mm -hmm. and send it to him. And he got got the impression that I was crafting my story. Mm -hmm. And so he put a plug in and I... I still don't know how he did it, but he's a computer guy and he's smart. Um, where I couldn't see what I was typing. When I opened the application, my, oh, te- my, really? te- my text was invisible. I couldn't. It wasn't white. I couldn't highlight it and see it. Yeah. I typed. I couldn't see. I had to send. So I couldn't go back and edit. Oh, wow. I was, I was not allowed to edit. Yeah. Like I wrote. I didn't just write in pen. I wrote in like. Yeah. yeah. In bombs. Yeah. Like I wrote, um yeah and it's it wasn't i would argue that fearless is a hard word yeah. in that fearless moral, sure? moral inventory i would substitute courageous yeah yeah be 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 scared yeah i don't want to show anybody this yeah right i don't want to see it yeah you're right but do it anyway yeah, yeah yeah you know okay two things about what you just said one when i stepped in i vomited as much fearless moral inventory as I possibly could into documents and uh, five-year chunks as I was advised to do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so the scary part is, yeah, went through that, went through that with a trained counselor and worked through that and found some of my st- systemic insanity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what I've learned is that it's like uh, archaeology. So an archaeologist goes in, and I, I know this is everything I know about archaeology outside of Indiana Jones movies. Okay, archaeologist goes to a site and begins digging, and may go down let's, let's say at six inches, and they sift all that, and they find pottery shards, and they find everything along those lines, and they catalog it, and map it, and photograph it, and go nuts on it. Then they come back and go, okay, it's time to go another six inches. Yeah, and they do the process all over again. Well, it's time. It's mm-hmm. probably way past time. For me to go down the next layer yeah and i to be transparent i think i've found what the next layer is and then the next yeah. work that i've got to do is i'm ticked off yeah i, I mean let's just I, I don't i don't want to do this i'm gonna do it yeah because i i i think that in my journey to find out who the person is that god created and to be and mm-hmm. be who god created and to fulfill the work that he has prepared for me yeah for the foundation of the earth i gotta do it yeah uh, and to live in relationships and to and to be effective and, and love others, I need to do it. But I don't want to do it. Yeah. Okay, so the question that I have for you is, so a guy like me is facing the fact he's got to go another six inches down. Right. You, you just threw out a lot of stuff. You threw out, you know, make sure that it's, that it's structured, make sure it's on the schedule, all that type of stuff. Yeah. You're sitting down with a guy at Starbucks who says, I, I need to do my next level of fearless moral inventory. What, what, what steps would you give him to do it? Uh, well, if we if we uh, cannibalize some of the wisdom of uh, the old drunks in AA, uh, those guys would like to talk. They'll they'll say, "Well, you got to get started. Let's go with what they'll sometimes call the four horsemen." Um, those character defects are the most common. Typically, do the most damage. It's a great place to start. Let's get the low hanging fruit. Because mm-hmm. although we're all unique, none of us is completely unique, and we do share some of these characteristics. So, you know, standard advice is let's begin with a resentment list. Let's own all our resentments against a people, against institutions, uh, uh, against uh, companies. And I know guys whose resentment list has run four or five pages. Hmm. So that's horseman number one? That's horseman number one. Resentment is the number one offender, is the kind of the standard quote from 12-step recovery. Hmm. Uh, next, there'll be uh, a suggestion to do a fear inventory. Uh, things you're afraid of? Things yeah. I'm afraid of? Yeah. So, you know, what are the many things that I'm afraid of? Um, uh, why, why the fear? Like, why, why the fear inventory? Well, I, for me, that's where most of my gold was. Actually, resentment, for me, it's cool that I'm hitting resentment now because I buried that so deep that the first time I did my 12-step recovery, I couldn't. I could only own a very few resentments because in my mind, resentment is a sin, uh, and I'm a saint, so therefore I don't resent anything. I forget every offense, and I bury it so deep that even I forget it's there. Yeah. Still there. And right. eventually I'm going to have to unearth it and deal with it because it's still affecting the way I live life. Yep. Closer to the surface to me was fear. Now, I had hidden fear as well, concealed it, because you know a, a real man isn't afraid. But the truth is that uh, fear uh, was a primary driver for most of my behavior. Hmm. Uh, so fear, fear of rejection, fear of exposure. Um, yeah. So what's what's horseman number three? Um, they would say um, anger. To me, that's uh, so. I think I think anger is kind of the classic horseman to chase. I like to I like to swap out um, with some guys at least shame for that one. And that's that's just an inventory of what just like the resentment list, the fear list. Yeah. The anger list. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the or, last... Or the, or the shame list. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is a lust list. Huh. What, what is it that I, uh, that I want? And I want, I want it now? Yep. Uh, and, you know, I thought that my lust problem was strict, strictly a sexual problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I have lust for all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. It was your most convenient solution. Yes. I've heard, I've heard you say that so many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had someone tell me one time that um, you ought to look at lust perhaps in this way for having trouble naming everything. Yeah. That uh, what are you willing to sin to get? Oh. Or what do you sin when you don't have? Oh, that's really good. Um, and I thought, okay, he was talking about idols yeah. of the heart, but I think, it, I think it also applies to the idea of lust. So if someone's going through the, the four horsemen, and I, and I do think, like, I, I will, I'm not giving anybody a pass. Yeah. But since, I mean, but since this is kind of what, you know, what we've landed on today, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, within Samson, we're kind of intentionally unstructured. Yeah. You know, um, it's not like 12 step where there's, you know, when I, when I was active in 12 step, I mean, there were books that I would buy. Right. Like, yeah, I can, yeah. you know, yeah, I yeah. can buy this workbook yeah, yeah. and that workbook yeah, yeah. and if my sponsor said, actually, I like the NA workbook better. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Yeah. We don't, we don't have those same resources. Yes. So if someone's going through, and I've got, that's cool that we're borrowing from 12 Step. Yeah. You guys are smart. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you bet. Um, or, or they're dumb enough to know that they're, they're smart enough to know they're dumb. Yeah. Um, so going through that and just like one at a time, mm-hmm. like just one week at a time or yeah. one day at a time, like what's. Yeah, I mean, when I do it, when I'm taking a guy through uh, the path, because I was trained in 12-step recovery, I'm mentally always working the 12 steps anyway. Yeah. And when I teach walking lessons, I actually use a 12-step model uh, more than the seven-stage path model. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, I'll typically ask him to do one of those horsemen a week. And if uh, he's skated on a week... And what he's given me is something that he just spun out in 10 minutes and quick scrawled down. And it's pretty clear after our conversation that there are whole dimensions of this problem that he's not thought about. And we'll say, well, let's do this again next week. Make sure we do it as thoroughly as we can yeah. before we move on to the next one. And then... And my job, I kind of have, right. as a friend, I've got kind of these two roles. And I think you've spoken to it well, Newton. On the one hand, I need to be abrasive and push him and make him uncomfortable. At the second time, I need to shield him against shame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think, yes, that's that's it. Yeah. You know, this is, this is who you are. This is who you're not. Yeah. This is what you've done. This is who you're not. And this is not anything that any of us can do alone. Right. And real quick, when we're talking shame, we need to remember that that we're not talking conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. We're not talking when we feel godly, for lack of a better word, godly shame. Yeah, right. But godly shame would be a baby, a toddler, who has overflowed his diaper and wants to be cleaned up going to mom. Mm-hmm. That's us. Yeah. We feel right. dirty. We feel gross. We feel like we need to be cleaned up. We right. need to go to the Lord in order to be cleaned up. We're not talking about... The shame that drives us to hide. Right. So um, we need to make sure that if, if godly shame is dredged up, that we feel that and sure. we accept that and we we note that. Yeah, yeah. And we don't let it let it right, get right. toxic. Yeah. Right, right, right. But we don't reach the stage that says, you know, not that I've got a shitty diaper, but that I am a shitty person. Right? Right. Okay. Uh, so when, <clears throat> you know, if, if, if you were my Silas, yeah. right? We spend about a month mm-hmm. going through the four horsemen. Yeah. Right? And then that gives both of us a ground from which to to walk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It lets you know, as my Silas, the things that I'm resentful about, angry about, the things I want, the things yeah. I'm willing yeah. to, to yeah. sin for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then those daily check-in calls turn into sort of current state of events, not right, history. Right. And the important thing is that this is not self-help, self-improvement. We're not making promises to, to, to be better. This is confession and repentance. Right. Uh, I, I make it a point to sit down and pray with the guys that I'm walking with when we come to the end of these stages. And all that we do is we open our hands and we give God... Our confession, our 
our honest confession, as honest as we can be. Now, he sees the true state of affairs, certainly. He knows right. all. But we ask him to relieve us of these uh, defects and to bring healing. It's his job to change us. Yeah. All of my efforts at self-improvement prior to um, recovery ended in abysmal failure and even more shame because I don't have the capacity to heal myself or change myself. Um, I'm still very much a person in process and, and still, you know, uh, <laughs> illustrate the effects of the fall in my daily living. However, my wife will tell you and my close friends will tell you that there has been fundamental change in me. And the, the amazing thing to me is that that has been really effortless. Hmm. The effort is in admitting the truth and surrendering it to God. Yeah. Um, the hard work of change is something that he actually orchestrates. He is capable of giving me a new heart. Uh, it's a gradual process. To use biblical language, we're changed from glory to glory. Um, you know, we are being transformed and conformed to the image of Christ. That's a gradual process, and it's spirit-driven. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, I just, I just pulled up the charter again, and if we look at the path, uh, our discussion on Saturday was kind of interesting because... We we got stuck on the uh, uh, the stuff about uh, daily disciple. We got stuck on the daily disciplines of prayer, study, and self examination, and yet the course and consequences work is in the step on the path prior to that. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And so you know, boy, we can fall into our old religious traps of the the daily quiet time or the first and ten with God or all right. that stuff. Right. And yet, if we haven't done the excavation, right? If we haven't sifted and haven't identified. Then maybe that um, the the daily disciplines aren't there, and then l let's talk briefly here in the, the few minutes we have left remaining about uh, all right making decisions. Mm -hmm. You talk about trusting the body of Christ to make decisions and to talk through things. I mean, are we talking about what to have for dinner, or are we talking about getting a new job? You know, how do we trust the body of Christ in making decisions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I trust. And and if it's something that I'm thinking about, I mean, I don't know that dinner may be the thing, but maybe it is the thing. If, again, as a guy who turns to food in, in negative ways, maybe I really do need to trust my Silas with where I eat dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. If Brooke is out of town and I've had a stressful day, and I want to go get two Little Caesars pizza and yeah. eat that for dinner mm -hmm. because that's what I do when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a decision. I need to run by my Silas. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if it's, should I have another drink? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. You know, should I go talk to that girl? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> if it's a decision, you know. Run it by somebody, but you know what a decision is. Your Silas, my Silas knows what a decision is. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm -hmm. that may be the most nonsensical answer, but I think it depends on, I think it depends on you. Yeah. It depends on me. Well, as a guy that struggled with food, that, the food, you went right there. You answered it well because, um, you know, food was one of the things I struggled with and struggled with and right. struggled with. And it's taken the body of Christ in very specific ways, and right. especially my wife, to help me make decisions when I couldn't make them right. and to, you know, to see temptation when I didn't see it and uh, to lose, lose the weight I have and to get more yeah. in shape than I've ever been. I think it can be a, be a number of things though. Like there are TV shows that I shouldn't watch. My mm -hmm. brother can watch them. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just have to say, yeah, I, I can't watch that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make me a prude. Yeah. It, or maybe it does. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But it, that's a decision. Can I watch this? Mm -hmm. You know, and not in a moralistic way. No. Is it good for me? Yeah. You know, I guess maybe that's the thing. If I'm trying to decide if something's good for me or not, maybe that's a decision I need to run through, run through my Silas. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And for my, my yeah, and my experience, today, boys. Yeah, every <laughs> major decision uh, is kind of the last link in a long chain of prior decisions that have gotten yeah. me to that point. And if I am not being open with others about the small decisions I'm making that get me to the point of the big one. Yeah. Right? Uh, then when it comes time to make the decision, I can try to get somebody to co-sign that thing just by you know, presenting the rationale. They, <laughs> right? they're, not, uh, they're not up to speed on everything that got me there. Right. They're not, uh, they don't know enough about the situation. Uh, to question me about the issues that I am not bringing to the table, but what you're truly driving the decision. Right. Right. And I can get them to endorse something uh, just because they're getting a partial view. Yeah. It, it builds. It's pro- yeah. it's progressive. Yeah. You know, as, as I run through my course and consequences with my Silas and he yeah. gets my story. Yeah. And then we go through my lists Mm-hmm. We go through all the things, and as I'm calling him every day, mm-hmm. he starts to get a picture. Yeah. And then when I say, hey, I think I want to go join the circus. He yeah. says, you want to go join the circus because somebody at work did this, and you're mad at your wife because of that. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to go join the circus. You want somebody to be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. You're, you don't want to celebrate. You want to hide. Yeah. There you, know? you go. Um, yeah. It's all... It's, it's success by a thousand paper cuts or whatever the analogy should be. There you go. You know. It's another case for collaborative living. By the way, Newton, I'm really excited that you and Mondo are going to be talking about collaborative living in Denver the end of August. When yeah. At the big retreat up there at Bear Trap Ranch. I'm, I'm excited. One, Colorado. Yeah. Um, two, Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you going to go off and climb something while you're there? If we can arrange flights, maybe. Okay. Um, I don't know. I would. I'd be happy to. Um, I'd be happy to get vanquished again by the by the mountains of Colorado. Okay. I don't even know where this place is. I just know Colorado, and that yeah, yeah. that gets my heart yeah. all all it's, a flutter. It's up out of it's up out of springs. I will not be climbing with you. <laughs> I'm a base camp baby. That's what I am. I'll be down there just keeping yeah. the coffee hot. Good. Yeah. Good. And things are coming along well. We've had 21 men okay. uh, register for the event. Uh, so we have a maximum of 54. Jeez, guys so register late. They always they, register they late. So. Drives me crazy. <laughs> hey, uh, Bunker, Bunker, Bunker signed up. He's nice. coming. The man. Excellent. And we also have some, some volunteers who've already signed up to provide transportation from either Denver or Colorado Springs Airport. Okay, good. And we've had a little bit of scholarship money come in. So on that note, let me just say that we have a list of those who've requested scholarships and um, if that's your boat that you want to definitely come, um, but that's a challenge, let us know. And if you're in a position to help and to, uh, uh, to help a man get to after the miracle, please do so. We're going to be talking about, um, a lot of this yeah. of not just getting started, but on, on how to live a life of, of genuine authenticity, uh, at the event. So we're, we're running out of space. Yeah. So only, uh, 33 more spaces. Uh, are available, so they're they're going to go fast, guys. Always wait. So you need to sign up today. If you're if you're hesitant at all, do it. Yeah. Um, you know, go ahead and make the commitment and uh, and um, and sign up now. You can go to piratemonkpodcast.com. Yeah. Click on the link to register, uh, and uh, we go right there. You can see all the all the necessary information you can click uh, you can pay right there on the site you can offer a scholarship there on the site as well yeah yeah and let's say that too yeah if, you, if you've been uh, blessed in your life of recovery by uh samson and you just there's no way you can make for one reason or another you can't make it to the retreat but you can pay it forward and uh, help another guy uh, we do have some guys who desperately need to be there or just don't have the means and so that'd be a real blessing yeah and i would as a guy that has planned a whole bunch of events um if you're thinking about it, just go ahead and do it, <laughs> please. <laughs> it, like, planning events takes a lot of work. There's a lot of logistics involved. I know that a bunch of people that listen to this podcast get that. It just makes it easier for those of us that are planning it. Yeah. If we know, okay, we've got this many guys. Yeah. And that's not to say that you got to make up your mind. I'm not trying to rush your decision. But maybe I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
if you if you think you want to go, if you think you can go, go ahead and go. August nineteenth. It's going to be cheaper. <laughs> um, it, it just it, it makes it easier for everybody instead of going. Oh yeah, on Thursday before we leave, I'll buy my stuff. Yeah, yeah. just go ahead and do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. good for you. Eat your vegetables. Sign up. Okay, once again, August 19th through 21st at Bear Trap Ranch. You can fly into Denver, and uh, it's about a two, two and a two-hour, two-hour and fifteen-minute drive from there. Or you can, if you want to get closer, and you can get closer, and you got the miles or the points, you can fly into Colorado Springs. Or if you got the plane, I don't care. Uh, and then you're uh, even closer to that idyllic spot in the mountains. Man, everybody I talk to is, who's been there just raves about the place. There's nothing wrong with dri- flying into Denver and driving to anywhere else in the state. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be a good time. Even when you drive past the stockyards, it's okay. Okay, and we're going to get high in Colorado by going up into Woo. the mountain. That is the only way we're going to get high. <laughs> All right. Well, brothers, I think we did it. I think it's another, uh, it's another podcast in the can. Uh, Good work. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Nate. I'm Newton. And I'm Mark. We're your pals here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yeah. Oh, Coffee and Junior P. Preaching recovery.